are live. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Going Live podcast. It is your host, Max Going. Really back. It's been a, a two weeks since we've podcasted. We've had a few equipment issues, a few distribution issues. Uh, but we are finally back. We are kicking with Kyle. Kyle, welcome back to the show, my friend. How you doing? Um, you know, I'm not too fond of waking up early, but Saturday, it's my only off day to really wake up, get some sleep in there, but I'll tell you what, I'm waking up at 7 a.m. for this. It is um, the card that we've both, I think, been looking forward to since it was first announced. I mean, this is the card of the year, in my opinion. There's been amazing fights. There has been amazing cards in general. Uh, but this card, uh, it, it stands out from top to bottom. I mean, you have uh, prospects, you have veterans, you got a great main event on the prelims, and then you have just five bangers on the main event. So uh, welcome back, my friend. And we're going to talk about that right now. We got to talk about the final event of 2020 now has a headliner. Uh, Leon Edwards, Kamzat Chemaev. I was wow. so happy. I couldn't tell you. Wow. So so to just let the people know at home what happened, Leon Edwards, he was officially taken off the rankings due to inactivity, hasn't fought in about two years, and right away calls out Kamzat. Of course, Chemaev accepted it. So we have December 19th. Five round of uh, main event in the welterweight division. Leon Edwards comes out. That is going to be insane. I think people do forget a little bit um, how elite of a fighter Leon Edwards is. Yes, he's got a reputation of being hated by the fans, hating by the big boss. Uh, but at the end of the day, he is the third ranked welterweight in the world for a very, very good reason. Um, this fight gives both people a win-win here and a big, big risk. Big risk for both these guys. Huge reward for both these guys. Um, what do you think happens with either? Break it down. Leon wins. What happens? Comstock wins. This is the best fight Leon could have taken. You know, I wanted to see Masvidal versus Edwards or Covington. It looks like Masvidal Covington. That will come into fruition, but um, so I mean, I think Edwards got a wake up call. He probably was reading the comments saying, like, you know, he doesn't have that fan base. And I mean, for him to go out and find an unranked fighter like Kamzat, I'm not gonna lie, that's the happiest I've ever wanted to see Leon Edwards win a fight. Because if Leon shows that man up, he just stopped the hype chain. Yep. He just stomped the hype chain that tried to say he was going to go fight Usman and take Adesanya's belt just like that. Um, we all forget Kamzat has faced very, very unranked competition. Um, you know, he, he's easily, I would say, top 10 in welterweight or middleweight with his skill class, but I was so happy with Leon, you know, and I'm not going to lie, there's not too many times I'm happy with Leon Edwards and his choices because, I mean, he turned down Wonder Boy after Wonder Boy kicked the living hell out of Vicente Luke. And you just can't do that, you know. You're, he's not at the position. 
Yeah, and, and, and Wonderboy is a legend in this game, and he's right below you in the rankings. And you say no because you you don't you know you you believe that you're better and you're you're one tier above Wonderboy. You you had a split decision with Gunnar Nelson. I mean, exactly. let's be honest. So it's like you have to fight the best to get a title shot. And um, and and so what what do you think happens? Let's say let's say Leon Edwards. Obviously, if if Chimaev wins, he'll get more Chimaev- top five. Competition today, so they asked him today, "How far away are you from a title shot?" He said two fights. Now I didn't believe that until this fight came. If Chimaev wins in dominant fashion, he's going to be in the title shot. I, I think even if he just wins, I don't. I think if it's more of a first, second round, you know, type of domination. But the also thing is, Leon Edwards. He's he's going to be throwing elbows. He's got great takedown defense, and that's why, <laughs> not going to lie, like I don't like the guy too much just because, you know, that's why he was mo- removed from the rankings. He turned down all these fights thinking he was superior to other fighters that were meanwhile putting in the work. You can't do that in this industry, especially with COVID going on. People forget the UFC's losing money because they're doing these events without fans and yet they have to do it because they're on contract with ESPN so we talk about how the 11 a.m. fight is for Khabib why so all you know Khabib's brothers and all the Muslims and all of his is up to watch Khabib because top dollar he's their top athlete idol but um no I mean I'm more than ecstatic if I have to guess I mean I do think Chimaev is that good if I'm being honest I think he's the second coming of Khabib, but maybe even bigger. But then again, I'm going to say I would be ecstatic if Leon Edwards knocked him out first, second round with some elbows. And I I think Chimeyev is going to have some problems because I think he's going to underestimate Leon Edwards. I was just about to say that. So here's the thing. A giant welterweight. Yeah. So I was just saying Leon Edwards is not a small welterweight to begin with. And, and so... I have a question. Do you think the inactivity is going to affect either of their approaches? I mean, because Leon Edwards is that good. He's going to bring top, top performances to the ring. So with that being said, if Leon Edwards wins, what happens? Because at the end of the day, let's just be honest here. At the end of the day, if Leon Edwards wins, all he's doing is beating an unranked fighter. And yes, I know there's a lot of hype behind him, but Technically, he's beating on ranked fighter. Does he get a title shot right away if he beats him? No, he doesn't. I think it's going to be Masvidal versus Comington, if I'm being honest. I think winner of that will face, to be honest, winner of Chimeyev versus. Because Chimeyev could go for to rank within the top five in a blink of the eye. And that's why he said he was two fights away. Um I mean, Chimeyev going for Usman, that's a different story. I think him already talking about Adesanya, that's different, you know. I think Adesanya is a class of his own, you know. <laughs> I think um, he definitely does does not have the skill set to defeat Adesanya right now. That's just me. And, um, I mean, even Darren Till, like when Darren Till caught him out. I'm not going to lie. I think Darren Till would beat the living hell out of Chimeyev. I do too. I think he would maybe get Darren Till down, but I think Darren Till – would realize no one's ever seen his striking ability. And Darren Till just came off of a loss. 
where he lost three rounds to two against Whitaker, who's already yeah. the second best middleweight striker in the world. I think I think Chimaev uh, has a real problem with the top five 185ers. I yeah. think he has a, a. I think I think at the end of the day, 170, 185. I can do this. I can do that. I think at the end of the day, he settles into 170 because he is just so big at 170. If he can make weight at 170, it makes the most sense. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. We will see. Leon Edwards, Chimaev, it's going to be a, uh, <laughs> that is, that is a great, great free fight main event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, I think it's five rounds. I do not know if that's confirmed. Chimaev wins. He's fighter of the year. It's going to be very exciting stuff. I cannot wait for that. Uh, let's move on though, because we do have some fights tomorrow that we have to talk about. And first and foremost, let's get to it. We have uh, some prospects, a prospect battle here. We got Nathaniel Wood, the underdog, to Casey Kenny. Uh, what do you expect out of this fight? Sorry you cut it out there. But um, anyways, I mean, yeah, these are two upcoming prospects. Casey Kenny, 15-2, was supposed to be a wrestler, and now he's showing he's got this, like, very unique TJ Dillashaw-style striking. Um, and then meanwhile, Nathaniel Wood was supposed to be the second coming of the 135 division, and they got very humbled by knocked out by John Dotson, who's not even in the close of the realm of the 135 contenders. You know, n- nothing against him. He's a veteran who owner stripes, but, you know, we speak realistic on this prospect. Yep. Um, I think this is a great matchup, and that's why it's one of the best prelims because you have 17 and 4. Wood versus Casey Kenny, 15-2. And both of them, I mean, they're fighting for a rank, to be honest. And both these guys, I mean, I'll tell you what. If both these guys were in Bellator, they'd be top five. Easy. So. Yeah, 135 division, as we know, is um, as stacked as any, any division is in, in the MMA world. So uh, that that's going to be a good one. I got Nathaniel Wood with the upset. I'm calling it now. I think he comes back more determined, more focused. How he looked, you know. I like Wood. Um, people forget. I mean, the UFC is so good because Wood came in with 14 finishes with a 17 and four record, and I mean, before he got to the UFC, it looked even better. But I mean, I think Casey Kenny, and he's he's going to bring it to him. Nice. That's going to be a good fight. I can't. I um. It's a great way to start the. Uh, the morning, I guess you can say. Um, yeah. But we, we go from prospects now, and we're going to talk about a veteran, a real veteran in the sport, and one that's not really got the notoriety as a cowboy or a, or a, or an Anthony Pettis. But Alex Oliveira, man, he's been around for a very long time. He's cowboy, so no pun intended. He, exactly. He's the same exact style. Uh, he'll he'll go forward most of the time. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I he's got a pretty good ground game. He does, but he's facing this guy. All I'll say is his name Shark Cat. I'll leave it at that. I'm he's not sure how to say that defender, last name. Kazakhstan, and I'll tell you what, this guy's 12-0, seven knockouts, five subs, and Oliveira, I hate to say, it almost looks like they're giving this guy a test. You know, it's uh, Shark Cat's first test in the UFC, but, I mean, that's the thing, though. When you step up to the UFC – Different level of competition all the way. So, 
and this will be a good fight for uh, for Oliveira to potentially get back on some sort of winning streak um, and get back into the picture. But then we got the main event, main event of the prelims, and this is a uh, I think it's one of the best of the year. To be 100% honest, I think it's one of the best main event prelims we have had, have had in 2020. And we get Steph- uh, Stefan or Stefan Stefan Struve. It depends what continent you're on. That's a good point. There you go. I like that. I and like Stephen that. That gets me Struve out of it. Tied to Avasa, who ironically was literally cut from the UFC, I think, two months ago. So but he's back. And yeah. So long story short, Stefan Struve, he looks like a Lakers center. He's seven foot. You know, had all the potential in the world and then just got, you know, it kind of caught up to him. I mean, That's being that big in MMA is really tough because you're not going to have the same mobility. He's three wins in his last 10, one in three in his last four. Um, I mean, he's dangerous everywhere, but it's cool because he's fighting someone who's way smaller than from him. Wait, way smaller than him. Just got cut from the UFC. Because he came into the UFC basically undefeated and then lost three fights in a row when he fought UFC competition. So, I mean, it's a very interesting fight. Both these guys are, you know, domination, submission artists, or I would say Struve's part. Tyler Voss is just going to try to take his head off. But, I mean, if you look at Tyler Voss's last three losing streak, they made him fight JDS, Sergey Spivak, and Blagoy Ivanov. Easily top 15 heavyweights in the world in any organization. So I think it was one of the things maybe they gave him to these contenders too fast because he was this knockout artist, you know, knocking out everybody undefeated in these other leagues. But, I mean, hey. He's an AKA a- guy, right? Um, to be honest, I'm not too sure anymore because, I mean, when he got cut from the UFC, I thought he was gone. So I was very surprised when they brought him back at a main event. But there's a reason behind that because Australia and New Zealand, I mean, they're blowing up. And, and he, also same time zone, I think. Same same similarity time zone there. So um, that's going to be a good one. But uh, now we move on in one second. I can edit this out. It's no big deal. Uh, we move on to the main event, though. The main card. Uh, not the main event. The main card. Pay-per-view. Pay-to-view only. And my friends, my listeners, my fans, this is the one to pay for to view. Yes. You have some of the greatest athletes on the planet in these cards. And... Um, on this card, I should say. And it starts with a, uh, a rematch. A rematch that has failed a few times. COVID, travel restrictions, and now we get Magomed Kutubala 2. And the first one, obviously, it ended with some controversy. We've actually talked about this fight on a podcast previously. And then it got canceled in between the podcast and the card. So this is going to be a repeat for some of you listening. Uh, but talk about, you know, what's so exciting about this card? Why is it on the main event of, of the biggest card of the year? Because 
winner is going to be the next upcoming light heavyweight prospect. I don't even want to say prospect, someone that could easily make it to maybe the top 10. Um, Magomed, I mean, this guy's from Dagestan, but he's not a wrestler. He's a pure striker, and he's got some of the hardest kicks you've ever seen in the light heavyweight division. is when he got submitted his first fight. I mean, Dagestani fighter, striker, getting submitted his first fight in the UFC. Not a good not a good look. Well, after that, four-fight win streak, dominating every single opponent they face him. And, you know, he's fighting in Kudalaba, who's also a knockout artist who's only going to focus on striking. And so... Reason this is so good because Ian Kudalaba, before him, I guess getting that weird loss to Magomed, he knocked out Khalil Roundtree. After Khalil Roundtree looked like he was, he was about to be a top five contender. So Khalil, long story short, not to get these people in, but I mean, when you're a fighter, sometimes you make adjustments. Khalil Roundtree was a wrestler, went to Thailand, made adjustments to. Be Kick face some opponent, beat the living hell out of him in the UFC, and then faces the Hulk in Kudalaba and gets knocked out in the first round. So it's just different levels to this, you know. Absolutely. So you knockout artists, but the thing is, um, Ian's gonna have to come out strong because Magomed, he's not looking for a fourth fight. I can tell you that much. He's yeah. looking for his name in the rankings in title contention. This guy is giant. I mean, this guy could fight at heavyweight. Um, my honest opinion, I guess now we're at the main event. I think Magomed easily gets it done in the first or second round. I love that. I agree with you there. Uh, this fight's going to be a good way to start the main event, main, or the main card, mainly because there's some bad blood here. There's some bad blood. They don't really like each other. The first fight was obviously a little controversial. Uh, so this, they will finally settle things and... I, I, I agree with you. I think Mago might get it done in the first round. And um, funny enough, our next fight, or not our next fight, but this, you know, the co-main event. So Ian Kudalaba actually lost to Jared Cannonier when he was fighting at light heavyweight. Interesting. And for those of you who are interested to see Jared Cannonier's, you know, difference from light heavyweight to middleweight. You need to watch this video. He walks up to Ian with no hands down in the third round because he knows he has the fight won. He lets Ian hit him with everything he possibly can. Just his hands down. It's a wow. very crazy video. But just the level, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. You guys send me that. I'll put it on the Instagram, no doubt. Um, but yeah, let me move on to Philip Haas and Jacob Malkin, who is... Um, this is his UFC debut, I believe. Yeah, so we're talking about that one. So, just you want you want to brush on that real quickly? Yeah, so this was just to fill in for the RDA, you know, versus uh, Islam Makachev fight. Um, long story short, so Jacob Malcolm, he's four and zero from Australia, unbeaten guy. I mean, you look at these guys' records, you think it would be a Bellator, you know, co-main event because the other guy's eight and two, but yeah. Now, cool thing about Philip Hawes, I'll tell you right now. He got knocked out in the contender series, came back to back finishes, went to Bellator, got a first round knockout, went back to 
Dana's contender series, you know, after three fights ago getting head kicked first round and absolutely knocked the guy out. So this is more of a type of barn burner. I think they just try to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they would have put the Casey Kenny fight, you know, maybe first or just because, you know, it seems, but we never know. You know, these are two yeah. upcomers to the UFC and we should get some good fights. We could see a real banger here. Uh, let, me, let me move on to some some veterans, some, some veterans of the sport. And um, Walt Harris coming off a... We got Alexander Volkov, Walt Harris. We got we got Walt Harris coming off a performance where he looked like he was about to win and could be argued that it should have been stopped. I think we both uh, exactly. I think we both agreed at the time it should have been stopped. Um, he looked good. He looked good in his return. He faces a ta- a challenge in Alexander Volkov that's going to be. I mean, he's just as tough as as Overeem at the end of the day. Am I wrong? Yeah, and always just to say, you know, our condolences to the Harris family. Always R.I.P. and Nia Harris, you know. I Absolutely, know, 100%. You know, what he was able to do to Overeem, at least in that first round, you know, coming after. Coming out what he did, you know, that's something that not too many people can think of after they lose a child. But, yeah, I mean, Walt Harris almost put Overeem out in the first. And, you know, another ref could have stopped it. And we'd be looking at a different scenario. 100%. Um, weird thing about this fight that just shows the quality of the UFC is Volkov's 31 and 8, while Harris is 13 and 8. So you could be like, well, how is Harris 13 and 8? You know, finding someone like this, it's because he's coming off knockout artists, you know, top 10, top 15 in the world. So that's the main difference. Um, I mean, Volkov, he's coming off a bad loss to Blades. Blades is a wrestler. That's Volkov's, you know, main, main, you know, weakness, if you want to call it. But then again, the fight before that, Volkov had a unanimous decision against Greg Hardy. He couldn't even knock out him. So It's going to be an interesting fight. I have Walt Harris by knockout. Second round. Um, Yeah, so I got, um, honestly, I don't know who to bet on that Philip Haas fight. I'm just going to let it be. Two newcomers, yeah. why risk it? Uh, just because, you know, there's not a lot of film on Malcolm, Jacob Malcolm, the guy's yeah. sport. And that's why I joked it's like a Bellator fight because, yeah, you know, anything can happen there. In the UFC, like put it this way, Kamzat was like 6-0 in the UFC and he was a main event in the prelims. So when he was there, people knew that was like a reason for that. So... I'm not going to bet on that fight. The Volkov-Harris fight, I definitely have Walt Harris by second-round knockout. And um, I think I, – I honestly think that he could knock him out in the first round. He's got underrated I power. I think if he uh, knocks him out, it's going to be first round. Um, yep. But I'm just happy I just – he's not fighting a wrestler because Overeem is now a wrestler all of a sudden. Man. Yeah. <laughs> But now to Move get bread and butter, yep, cheesesteak, mm-hmm. This Both fight is fights are pay per view quality. This fight is so underrated for fight of the year candidate. I just want to put that out. It has potential. Three rounds: Robert Whitaker, Jared Cannonier, and. You mentioned this like two year a year ago on the podcast how Jared Cannonier is as a dark horse, and now he's one fight away from the title shot. 
what does Robert what what does um what does Cannonier bring to the table that could bring Robert Whitaker some real trouble? Yeah, I think I mentioned this after. So he he knocked out Branch. He got a nice leg kick against Anderson. Who cares about that? But when he knocked out Jack Hermanson, that's when I was like, this. I think I mentioned it on the podcast. I was like, this guy's the dark horse. Um, and let me tell you why. Because this guy's coming from heavyweight, from light heavyweight to middleweight. You know what his last two fights from light heavyweight were? He got knocked out by Dominic Reyes. And then he had a unanimous decision loss to Jan Blasowitz. So you could say they're pretty good. This guy literally fought our one and two basically in the light heavyweight division. And now he's in the middleweight division. Um, Jared, you know, he's someone he looks like he went through a rebirth. I love Whitaker. And all, and I hate that's the matchup he has, but when he beat Hermanson the way he did, you know, and Hermanson was so cocky because of, you know, what Hermanson did. I mean, he literally took Jakari Souza and took him to the ground. And that, I mean, that's unheard of. To take the black belt level of Souza and what he did, to, you know, I mean, either way, I mean, and then you see what Hermanson, for instance, did to Gasolum, you know, he set that trap super early. But anyways, I mean, I think Cannoneer, he's the real deal. I think uh, winner of this is easily deserving of a rematch because I think if Whitaker shows that he is, you know, back, and if Whitaker can get that KO, even decision victory, I mean. If, if Whitaker if Whitaker wins, it's a no, no, no doubt he'll get the rematch. Especially um, he needs it because a lot of these people, you know, I mean, he was a champ that went through hell mm-hmm. injury after injury. Um, I think Adesanya owes him that. But, I mean, I think this is going to be close. I mean, I think it's going to go one or two ways where Cannonier stalks him down, knocks him out, or I think Whitaker's going to put on an absolute clinic, yeah. I'm honestly really torn on this fight. And my my – my gut is saying Cannoneer, and my mind is saying Robert Whitaker picks him apart for three rounds and just shows why he is the number one contender at the 185 and why he does not get the respect that he deserves. He got knocked out by Adesanya in the middle of you know the biggest stage in the biggest arena in the world, and it kind of made people forget, look, this dude's a real deal. So I, 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 I got Robert Whitaker by split decision. Nice. Split decision. I think it's going to be an absolute uh, battle. On these last two fights, I guess we'll give you our honest opinion and if we're betting. Yep. So my honest opinion, like you said, I think Whitaker is going to get it done. I think first round he's going he's gonna to face hell. But I think Whitaker's – he's a different Whitaker right now. You know? yeah. He's back to old Whitaker. He realizes that that Adesanya fight, you know, I don't want to say fluke because Anisani is that good, but he could have done better. Yeah, he could have done much better. You're a betting man. You got to go Kenanier, knock out all the way first, second round. Yep. Because if you watch her Manson fight, Kenanier's waiting for the knockout all day long. Yep. And as of right now, he's it's it's split down the middle. So you're going to have to use one of those prop bets, a knockout in the second round type of thing to, to make some real money. 
Uh, I'm with you, though, man. If you're a betting man, Cannoneer second round makes the most sense, 100%. Um, but, like, if you want to be realistic, I mean, yeah. Like, for instance, Whitaker for Till, I mean, I thought Till looked fantastic, especially with his leg. Like, I think Till is going to. If Till can, if can, if Till can stay healthy, people. I agree with you. He can go very far. Excuse me. My apologies. He can go very far in the 185 division. I think that one fight, uh, Robert Whitaker won three to two, and the the rounds he won, he round he won very, very decisively. But at the end of the day, that fight was close. That fight was a good fight. Oh, that so, finished him. And that's the difference. So yeah. I think that's what we'll see. And that's why I say if you're a betting man, because Cannoneer's got some center blocks in his hands. Straight center blocks. So yeah. we will see. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. That one. Decision, uh, you know, I think it'd be more of a unanimous than a split. I don't see Cannoneer winning any decision. I think Cannoneer, if he doesn't get it done in the first two rounds, Whitaker's just going to have that veteran experience. I mean, coming from Yoel, coming from Darren Till, I mean. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree with you. Uh, but let's move on because we can fit this. Uh, I think we can fit it into one part. Uh, we got the, we got fight of the year. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. Justin Gaethje, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, we have different beliefs, and I can't wait to hear your reasoning. But just talk about this fight. I mean, why is it so special? It's just so special because what has what Gaethje has done, you know, and what he did to Tony Ferguson. Um, Gaethje said he's he can't wait to ruin Dana's world. He can't wait to ruin Khabib's day. He can't wait to ruin Khabib's manager day. If this was before the Tony Ferguson fight, I would have said, yeah, Khabib's just going to the same thing. And I'll be honest, when Poi fought Khabib, I was like, maybe Poi has a chance if he comes out swinging, you know. At the end of the day, though, Poi got sucked into Khabib's wrestling realm and that what let him getting to choked out. But the thing is, Gaethje, this is a different Gaethje. He's 4-0, his last four. You know, he came off of being this lightweight, you know, like, undefeated champion from a different organization ufc signed him he lost his first two fights to dustin right yeah no to dustin and eddie alvarez yeah thing is he was winning both those fights but he was reckless last four fights he is now has a new coach named trevor whitman who just happens to be the coach of kamara usman so guess who has been training with Kamara Usman to defend Khabib's takedowns? Yeah. That's, uh, if there's anyone in this world to mimic the style of Khabib, of Habib, it's Kamara Usman, man. And so it's probably at 180, 185, 200 pounds when he's doing this. Yeah. So um, <sighs> after that Tony fight, I mean, I'm a big McGregor f- fan, but I think Gaethje's going to do what McGregor didn't do. He's going to bum rush him because he's not afraid of the takedown. And he's going to do things Khabib's never seen. And that's what he said. And he mentioned a really funny thing uh, today actually saying when he fights opponents, Gaethje is fighting welterweights and middleweights. 
Yeah, it's pretty he crazy. Shit kicked out of him. That that is what nuts. Khabib is fighting. You know where we know what Khabib has done. You know he lost his father, so this is a hard time for him. But um, 